Hello and welcome to episode 92 of Shoulder to Shoulder Podcast, telling stories from the LAFC community match by match, fan by fan, front office by front office. Yes, folks, once again, we are going straight to the ranks of the LAFC employed, at least sadly for the time being. Joining us during his last week as an employee of the Los Angeles Football Club, our guest for the interview today will be Mr. Robbie Gomez. You know him at LAFC Robbie. His role in supporter relations, previously ticketing, and prior to that with our street team, a gentleman who has been with us since the very first season, sadly leaving us to take a career in the booze world, something very near and dear to my heart, will be joining us later for the interview portion of the show. Sadly, Chris, still working on his master's, could not join us this evening. However, the man himself, Mr. Christian Aparicio, with me tonight. Good evening, sir. Good evening. Happy to join you. Looking forward to the interview later on. It's been a few weeks. Apologies to the listeners out there. Life has gotten busy for all three of us for different reasons, but we had to get an episode out. We need to make sure we put out the content that we are receiving messages for, so I want to make sure that we do that. On another note, we want to make sure we... Have you all listen, review, comment, follow us at LAFCSUS on all social media platforms as well. So before we dive into the interview portion of our show, bittersweet as we say a fond farewell to Robbie as he will be departing the LAFC front office and joining the LAFC North End. But before that, we have a few matches that have transpired since our last episode. Our last episode was previewing the game versus Carson which sadly, agonizingly, did not go our way. LAFC fell 2-1 to the on-the-other-side, even across a few different cities team in the Carson Galaxy. I uh, I almost am still so bitter and sad about it that I don't want to talk about it. So I'm going to leave the X's and O's to the man who knows it much better than I do. Christian, what went wrong? I mean, I'll keep it short and sweet. There's There's been plenty of talk on some of the other pods and and banter on social media but what i will say is lafc clearly the better team missing some of their offense in terms of sharpness from rossi and vela not there unable to finish some of their chances and paid for it dearly with some costly mistakes in the back and in the midfield so two bad turnovers became two goals for them us dominating the game and not putting away our early chances and chances throughout the game cost us dearly like i said so nothing different and some of the other LAFC Galaxy games that we've seen, unfortunately. So hopefully it's a lesson learned this season with a few new players feeling that bitterness. And, you know, I can't wait for them to come to the bank with a, a full 32-52 and full stadium, which we'll talk about because it seems like California is doing well from a color perspective. Yeah, that game was a brutal watch. No one wants to see our backline cough up the ball, get megged. But uh, look, every DP that played in this game scored in this game. So maybe it's simply a byproduct of the team that we fielded that day. So, c'est la vie. Let's move on to another uplift. Oh, wait. No, it wasn't. Seattle versus LAFC. In this case, LAFC once again fell. The sky had officially fallen at this point. We dropped 2-0 to Seattle. We were in last place. Christian, once again, my friend, what went wrong? You know, the game had a good start and, you know, a lot, a lot of talk about this game also. Good start on the front foot. First half really well. Didn't get a chance to to put goals away in the way that we wanted to. And Seattle knows that if they wait and pounce at the right time, take advantage of their chances, they're going to do it. And how did they do it? 
on one set piece, the only set piece goal we've given up so far, and one costly mistake. Still don't understand why we're doing zonal marking on set pieces. More of that I'm sure we'll talk about this season until we figure out that man-to-man marking, hopefully in the playoffs at the very minimum. And then they kind of waited on another moment where we had the numbers offensively. We didn't take the shot or it was a bad pass and it just became a counter-attacking goal where we were caught flat-footed and didn't track back in the right way. So for them, similar similar story. They, they got two chances. They put them away. We got a lot of half chances and maybe two clear chances. Weren't able to do that. Vela still wasn't there. Rossi is still working his way back into shape. Uh, Barrett, I think, was still not sharp. So uh, offensively, tracking in a better direction in that game. Midfield played solidly. Defensively, our worst game so far. And maybe it's just early season jitters. Maybe it's a team that hasn't really had a chance to coalesce. But once again, it just seems like that first touch was a little too heavy. And so many of the opportunities in this game fell the wayside because that first touch was just too far towards the opponent. And hopefully that's something that the team can continue to improve on. But let's be honest, this is something that we saw at many points in time throughout last season as well, too, when we had difficult games and throughout the beginning of this year, that that first touch has just been a little too heavy and it has proven costly. I think that's a good observation, Jonathan. The first touch has been a little bit of an issue with some players early on. I also think the weight of the pass or the understanding of each other's runs, spacing, all those little things matter in an intricate kind of passing system style, special in the offense, because the difference of one foot one way or the other where the pass is given or received is the difference in a clear chance, a clear path into the goal, a clear path into the next pass. So those little things matter in a big way, and it, it can cause turnovers that catch us flat-footed and can become a problem defensively for us. Moving on to brighter subjects, LAFC's game against the Colorado Rapids this past week. We once again return to winning ways. The streak has officially started. It's a 2-1 victory over the Colorado Rapids. So Christian, what went right? So this one, I was happier in terms of our sharpness. Obviously, with Vela back in the picture, it makes things easier from an offensive perspective. Some of the things I was watching for is how tentative he was in receiving the ball, trying to absorb contact. And it seemed like he was comfortable early on in the game. He was willing to receive passes in, in deeper positions and holding the ball and passing it off. And I think after 10, 15 minutes of shaking some of the cobwebs he still had, he was more and more confident. And I think him, Baird, and Rossi started clicking in a game scenario, in a game time kind of atmosphere. So you can see that with just Vela on the field, it opens up spaces for both of those players because there's so much attention that has to be given to him. And uh, it led to, you know, two goals, in my opinion, because of just him being on the field. He has an ability to impact the way an entire defense has to align. You have to change your game plan if you're attempting to defend against Carlos Vela. And the benefit that that plays out to the Rossies, the Bairds, the rest of the team, the Atuestas of the world, clearly evident in that match. The hour or so that Vela played, sensational. Also, something I loved about this game was the fact that we are starting to see capacity increase in a meaningful way. Nothing is more gut-wrenching right now than to hear the grievances of all the fans that sadly have not been able to make it into a game yet, that have not had a chance to sing with us, to, to sing the new Mo chant, 
to do all the things that are so meaningful to me in my life and I know mean so much to so many other people. And it looks like capacity is going to continue to expand as we approach this game versus NYCFC coming up on the weekend. Looks like we're once again going to be close to that 70 to 80% capacity. And then, of course, this might be our last game in which we are not at full capacity. Because I believe Gavin Newsom has said that June 15th is the date at which everything opens up. Bank of California being an outdoor stadium means that our next home game is on the Knights Me versus Houston. So we should be at full capacity by then, and hopefully all of these woes are behind us. But what do you think of NYCFC so far this season? And what are you looking forward to this weekend at the bank? I think NYCFC is a solid team, and they have been in the last few years. I think they're definitely missing Alex Ring. That departure uh, and some injuries have made their midfield a little less uh, capable than in previous years. So I, I like our chances against NYCFC. We've done well against them in the past. And our midfield is strong and a little deep right now with at least four players that can perform well. And uh, I'm, I'm expecting some goals. We got 60 minutes from Vela last game. And hopefully he can do, you know, 70 to 75 minutes. And I expect some goal, a goal from him, at least one from Rossi. And one thing I, I would mention from what I liked about the previous game is the way we finished off the game. It was a little shaky, but I feel like they picked up some of these ways to finish off games, slow it down, get in people's faces from that the CCL kind of run where you saw Cisniega kind of getting in the face of the players slowing down the game, taking the momentum out of the offensive kind of momentum that they were trying to build from a collateral perspective. It's little shenanigans that I've always kind of desired not to take it too far, but just, you know, grab the ball, hold the ball, put it down. These things that frustrate the other team, especially when they're seeking a goal to suck time, suck the air out of the ball, as some other sports say. So I'm expecting to finish out a game in that way more often because I think it's going to be kind of a a one goal difference against NYCFC because I think they're going to come to play because uh, they need to they need to gain some points to move up in the standings. Yeah, NYC currently sitting in sixth place. They are two two and two on the season, almost dead splits home and away. They've won one, lost one, and tied one both at home and on the road this year. They're currently sitting with eleven goals scored and six goals against, plus five goal differential. So that 2-2-2 two, two, and two might sound awfully familiar as that is dead identical to LAFC. However, they definitely have us bested in the goal differential as LAFC only having scored seven goals on the season and yet allowing seven goals for a net zero goal differential with us currently at the moment tied for eighth place with RSL. We do know that ironically versus NYCFC, we will be rooting for the team in blue this weekend as this weekend should be the first parlay kit match of the season. So we will be in the light blue sort of cloudy new, well, gee, gosh, it kind of looks like this thing I'm wearing here right now. Our new parlay kit is going to be adorned for this season. We know it's going to be a hot one. We also have a pretty fun event going on at the bank this weekend. Looks like we're going to get to watch the Champions League game. So if you get a chance to come to the bank and you have tickets, you can get in around 11, 11.30 in the morning. They're going to let everyone in so we can watch the first hour or so of the Champions League match on the big screen in stadium. And then when Stadium Ops kicks off their pregame, the remainder of the match will be shown out in the Concourse TV. So 
that's going to be pretty cool. You're going to show up and watch some UCL with me, Amigo? I'll do our, our best. You know, whatever the baby, whatever the baby says. But yeah, my intent is to be there and watch the game. Of course, the Champions League is a big match. Yeah, it's almost like as big as the World Cup on an annual basis. So interested to see if Chelsea ends up making Guardiola sad one more year and see if the city can pull it off. I'm, I'm a United fan, so hopefully they don't. We know that for many people, this is going to be their first match of the season present in the bank. But for someone very near and dear to this pod, it's going to be their very first game ever at the bank. It's my understanding that we're going to get a Professor X sighting this weekend. Is that true, sir? He'll be there, and uh, we're excited for him to hear the drums because he he does enjoy music in any way, shape, or form. So I think he's going to be overwhelmed in a good way of the atmosphere. I hope his first words are Dale Black and Gold. So uh, we shall see. But uh, it's going to be fantastic to finally get to see the little guy at the bank uh, now that it is safe to do so. So uh, please, everybody, uh, give Christian and his lovely wife the warmest of welcome as uh, little baby Xavier, little Professor X, is going to get to make his debut at Bank of California Stadium. Fantastic news. So happy for you, man. That's, that's a huge moment. I hope you take lots of pictures. And I hope LAFC has a dominant win so he can remember his first game by. There'll be at least video so he can remember it. And with that, we'd like to go ahead and move on to the interview portion of today's show. Joining us for a bittersweet moment, a farewell moment, an absolute legend in the club, Mr. Robbie Gomez at LAFC. Robbie, to all of you, you know him and his beautiful locks. Sir, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, guys. And it's it's a farewell in some sense. I'm still uh, definitely going to be rocking out there with you guys in the North End. It is... Sad to see you leave your role with the club, but more than happy to see you become a role as a supporter. So congratulations on the promotion. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, guys. No, I appreciate the work that both of you have done. I'm excited to get it going here. Been a long listener for, for a while now, so I'm glad to finally get on. Totally. Uh, and Chris are... sends his best, by the way. He couldn't join today, unfortunately, but for sure. he's usually part of the tripod here. Absolutely, yeah. Shout out to him. Yeah, he is studying for his master most diligently, so apologies that he could not be with us. Chris, we love you, brother. We'll catch you on the next go-round. So why don't we go ahead and start and get the bad news out of the way, and then we'll go ahead and dive into your football pass. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your decision this week, because I know many people are unaware that you will be departing your role with the club. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your final week with the club and what your new adventures are going to be? Yeah, absolutely, and it's like... To the most uh, T of a definition to what bittersweet means. But yeah, I'm Saturday, the match first NYCFC will be my last day as an LAFC employee. But I'm going on to uh, work with my buddy and his tequila and mezcal company. It's called Nosotros Tequila. But yeah, we're based out here in LA. So on to a new adventure. But as I mentioned, I mean, I'm still going to be in Los Angeles and my passion for LAFC, it's, it's definitely not going anywhere. I still bleed the black and gold, so I'll, I'll definitely still be around uh, this time as a supporter. And of course, No Sochos Tequila, available at Total Wine & More. Shop yep, TotalWine.com. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am a huge Nosotros Tequila fan, so I'm very happy that they're gaining a man as qualified and passionate as yourself. So congratulations on the new venture. I know I speak for the entire black and gold family when... We wish you the most success you can find in your new venture, and we're very sad to see you leave. Appreciate that. Yeah, it's, it is sad. I'm not going to lie. But, you know, it, it is something that I 
had a thing long and hard about because it, it it not only was it a beautiful place to work, but it's also, you know, I I was getting paid to talk to you guys. And like, it, it, it was just like, it, it was a dream come true. Ever since I was a little kid, I always knew I wanted to work in football, creating something that didn't exist here, not only in, in Los Angeles, but in the entire country. Something that you, I, I just couldn't have even imagine and being a part of it, even just like for a small bit of it, a small role, but it meant the world to me. And I, again, I'm, I'm not going anywhere because it means more, more than you know to me, as you guys know, because you guys are in it as well. But yeah, I do appreciate the the warm welcomes and uh, going to be a new chapter. I will say you've done a really good job of choosing fun career options here. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, football and then beverages that encourage fun moments for the most part, right. I'd say. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my, my family was was uh, hinting at that, that, you know, and I guess for, for better, right, that I, I'm, I'm only choosing things that I like. But in, in reality, you know, of course, I, I do like tequila, but football is something that I absolutely love, love, love. So it's it is tough to, you know, be departing it in a working capacity. But, you know, that does not mean in any sense that I'm going to be inching away from a passion perspective and, you know. Like I said, I'll be shoulder to shoulder with you guys right there in the North End. So you are going to be in the North End. Uh, have you chosen your SG affiliate yet, sir? You want to let that cat out of the bag or you <laughs> remain unaffiliated? I have not. I have not. And I, I was going to say, uh, you know, petitions welcome, but maybe a lot of them might not even want me in there. So <laughs> so I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll see where I can get in at. <laughs> I'm sure there's plenty that lobby your participation or your uh, membership out yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see we'll see yeah but right now uh unaffiliated well i'm sure invites will be coming floridly so uh check that inbox so yeah uh, you touched on it earlier being a childhood fan of football so why don't we roll the robbie clock all the way back all right and can you remember we know that you grew up as a child i believe in ciudad de mexico and yep. there so why don't you tell us a little bit about how the beautiful game entered your life for sure you know we have the saying desde la cuna which uh means from the crib I really didn't have a choice, <laughs> but um, it was, yeah, it was in me. My my first match was, I wasn't even born yet in my mom's stomach. It was a America PSV match in Estadio Azteca, just like an exhibition match. But yeah, so my, my family, my grandpa and my, my dad were both America fans. So I grew up watching them and we actually, the, you know, the first house that I lived in when I was a baby and growing up was like three blocks away from Azteca. So we were right around the corner, so it's just absolutely awesome. And I'm still an America fan, so as you can imagine, the LAFC America match in the CCL was more more than tough to watch. But yeah, so I grew up as an America fan and then was strictly watching Mexican League. And then when Rafa Marquez went over to Barcelona, I started watching Barcelona. And then, you know, Ronaldinho came right after that. And, you know, I was enamored with the the coolest but yeah so america barcelona and then of course lafc came out of nowhere and i had i didn't think i would ever support another club besides those two but then came lafc and you know more than blew me away well i know a lot of people in the lafc community that might have not nice things to say about your mother knowing that you are an american easter yes <laughs> yes oh trust me i i've heard them all and they're they've called me words that i will not mention now but yeah, it, it's all in the good uh, competition and fun. Well, I, I wish <laughs> Shout our out to uh, Julio out there who's listening. <laughs> 
Dale Chivas. <laughs> so I'm sure that uh, after that match, with all the fun things that took place during the course of the LAFC America match, there'll be some fun stuff to dig into a little bit later. Yep. So how does growing up in DFA, being a fan of America, how does that transition to moving to the United States and living in Los Angeles? Yeah, it was it was when I was a kid because I, I moved to San Diego specifically when I was a kid. So yes, I mean, there you know, from a playing aspect, like I, I definitely was playing soccer and I continued playing soccer all the way until college. But I didn't have, you know, any, anywhere to go to watch, like watch, right? Like any, anywhere that I'd go to watch was like with my mom, like at a pub, which was amazing. She'd like my, I, I, maybe if some teachers are listening in, in now, but my mom would take me out of school with like a dentist or doctor's note to go watch the Barcelona Champions League games at a pub. So we, you know, that, that was always there, but what was not there was like the, the live aspect of it. And of course, like, Mexico would come play like down in Qualcomm or, you know, all the way in Carson. America would play the Interliga there. So, you know, you would get like little little bits here and there, but it's nothing like a regular commitment of going. And uh, and it's just totally different when you go live than watching it from at a different time zone, you know. At what point does it become from San Diego to L.A.? Yeah, so I went from San Diego to L.A. for college. So Cal State L.A., which is uh, full circle where now the training facility is. So, yeah, so I went to college in L.A., was in, yeah, in L.A. for four years, and then I actually moved to Barcelona. Some say for traveling, but, like, the real reason is I, I really did go there because I wanted to watch, like, Barcelona games on, on a regular basis. So I was out in Barcelona for about a year, a little over a year, and then came back to L.A., and that's exactly when, like, LAFC had been starting, you know, from 2014, 2015, but when I came back, it was like, okay, now it's, like, there's some there's some wheels on this engine and I, I joined as a street team member back in it was August of 2017. So I was doing part time with LAFC and then the rest was history. I did uh, full time the, the year after that. But yeah, it was the, the whole transitional piece. And to answer your, your question from this long winded answer is, yeah, it's it's completely different from going some, somewhere where you're there every every other weekend, at least. Right. Like in the stands to go into somewhere like in San Diego. And even at the time in LA, I, I went to a galaxy maybe once or twice and it was like terrible. Cause it was like, it's not, you know, it's like watching a high school game and I have no, no fear admitting that. But, but yeah, when, you know, when I saw what LAFC was building, it was like a, for me, at least it was a no brainer. Like I have to, I have to get in somehow, whatever way that is. And luckily they, they did give me a chance because yeah, it's, it was a dream come true for me. So explain a little bit about what that application process was like. How did you find out about LAFC? How did you find out about the potential of joining them as a career move? And what was that process like becoming part of the Black and Gold fam? Absolutely, yeah. So I believe it was in like 20, maybe 2016 where LAFC did like some PR and I was like, oh my God, like they're doing a, they're doing, <laughs> they're building a stadium in like literally like heart of Los Angeles, like. I, like I wish I was there. This this is when I was in Barcelona. But I was like, when I come back, you know, I'm definitely gonna check this out. I didn't even put two and two together like for a job. But the more I like looked into it, I was like, wow, this looks like a really cool place to be. And like they're just doing everything right. Like everything authentic. You know, the, just they're street by street, block by block, one by one. Like I fell in love with that. And then as you can imagine, like 
everybody was trying to work for LAFC and like get in somehow as well. You know, people that were trying to work in sports in general, not just soccer, but just sports in general. So, you know, I called, like I did the whole like LinkedIn email and like, I actually got no luck doing any of that. And this is like when I was like in Barcelona and then like I came back and I was at, you know, my mom's house in San Diego for a bit. And one day I was like, you know what? I need to try whatever I can. So I literally Googled like LAFC address and the experience center popped up on Google. And I like looked up a hiring manager. And at the time it was this guy named Spencer. And I went to the door and I can remember, do you remember the experience center? And do you remember like around the other side, there was like this gate that you you needed to prop open while it was like closed. I parked like across the street on the, uh, next to the subway. And I look, I'm like, damn, like it's closed because I had no idea if they were open or not because really no one was uh, picking up a call or uh, responding to, you know, me getting, because they were getting a lot of people. I knew they were getting a lot of people. But yeah, I, I, I saw that the gate was propped open a little bit. So I opened it and I like kind of peeked through the window and I saw that people were working. So, so I knocked and then uh, this guy, Nick Lane, who now is a good friend of mine, he opened the door and I was like, hey, I'm looking for Spencer. And, you know, at the time it was definitely like a open door policy. Like anybody that came in, it was just like, oh, yeah, like come check out what we're, what we're building. So that was like super unique. And, and Spencer came out and he greeted me and he was kind of like, what are you doing? Like, how, how can I help you kind of thing? I mean, I just gave him like a quick like elevator pitch about myself and my passion for soccer and how much I really, really want to grow it in the United States because it absolutely needed it and still needs it more. But I gave that pitch and he was like, well, we're not hiring full time right now, but we are hiring for part time as a for street team. So I was like, yes, like anything, please. So I interviewed for that. Luckily, I got that. And the street team, you know, at the time was a little bit different. There's street team now. But at the time, it was like, you know, there was no team, no players. So we were doing like UCLA, USC events. We were doing like farmer's market in Santa Monica, handing out tote bags. So I did that for like a few weeks. And then finally, they uh, they were hiring for like a full-time process. And, and uh, I did that and was super nervous about it because like, oh, my God, this is it. Like, this is what I've been wanting to do, like, literally forever. But the stars aligned and and they um they offered it to me and yeah was there for a little under four years fantastic normally we have to like coax answers out of guests it's nice to have a pro on we can just you know sit back and let the wheel roll there is a famous video featuring a young short-haired ravi about why lafc about trying to land that lafc gig can you tell us the story behind that famous video (laughs) yes you did your homework (laughs) so that one was so yeah that at the time the hiring manager for the street team they asked us to do like a a minute long video uh just about ourselves and just you know i I think they just wanted to see how we were like truly as yourself because one thing is like on a phone call one thing is like via email and like your resume or whatever but another thing is like actually talking to a human right and I think they wanted that aspect of it but yeah like at at the time like I would have done it totally different knowing like how LAFC actually was because this was me going and like oh it's like a sports team like corporate world whatever I had like a button up and like I just would have done it completely different but yeah, it was, it was just like a one minute, like kind of like elevator pitch, like who you are and why, why LAFC, the famous Rich Orozco question. Sounds like you've worn several hats within the organization. Um, so there's been a progression, street team, then you were hired on full time, 
from when you were hired on full time versus your most recent position, what are some of the tidbits that you feel like you've learned or you could share with with some of the supporters and fans that are listening? For sure. I've learned so much and it's the biggest thing from like when I first started to my role now was like really, really just getting to know people on like a one-on-one basis, right? I think the biggest thing that LAFC taught me is that, you know, through thick and thin and like wins and like, for instance, now like losses, like the most important thing is like having each other's backs and like actually knowing the people that are in the stands. So like when you look up, you know, like, oh, there's there's so-and-so with his mom and, and his dad and, 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 you know, his grandchildren, like whatever it is, just like actually knowing the people and going to their birthday parties and, you know, going to away travel and like ruining Portland's dreams, like their home opener, right? Like things like that, that you just like can't fabricate. My role, like when I first started to now, it's like now I actually know a lot more people in the community and which made the job like a lot better. And like, it, it definitely like, you know, in a, in a city so large, like Los Angeles and you know, come in like growing up in Mexico and then like San Diego, like, of course you have like your group of friends, but like, it's nothing like having like this family of more than 3252, right? It, it's a lot more than that in our community. So like having that and like having a place to call home at the bank is that that's the biggest difference from like when I first started to my role now is like, I was really like going, I was just going home every time I was going to the stadium, like to a game, it just felt right. And, you know, this past year was like super tough because we didn't really have that, but I'm looking forward, you know, to getting back because we're definitely going to be back to normal and we'll be back to our winning ways. So we know that you initially get hired, you're with the street team. Eventually your role grows into ticketing and then into supporter relations as well too. But why don't we go ahead and wheel it all the way back to the time between the creation of LAFC, and that first game. Take us through the build-up for that first game. And then yeah. What was the experience like? We know you went to Seattle for that match. Take us through the experience of seeing something you helped create come to fruition. For sure, yeah. I think it's two twofold because one was like gearing up towards the Seattle match over there in Seattle. And then another thing was like gearing up towards the Seattle match at home for the first time. Gearing up for Seattle away, our first ever match. I think like when it really hit me was actually on my uh, my FootMob app, you know, like where I just keep up with my teams and my, my scores was like I saw LAFC, like our crest on there where I could finally add it to like favorites. I think that was like the first time that it hit me. I was like, damn, like we're we're like a real club now. And and then like walking into the the Seattle stadium when we were up there seeing us like on the big video board like it was just like it was like super impactful and then like of course like when we scored and then final whistle blew it was like just unreal you know like tears everywhere and it was it just like like finally we made it and like everything that we've talked about and re- honestly regardless of the win like even if we had just tied the match just like making it to that point and because we did everything right you know one thing is like creating a team getting a coach getting its players but if you don't do it the right way it can go very wrong as we've seen a lot of these expansion teams, you know, have, they don't have as much success, at least not on the stands. So I think, you know, knowing that we were doing it the right way and finally, you know, put it on the show, it was just like super impactful. And at the time I'd only been there for like maybe like six, seven months. So I could, I could only imagine like people that were literally there from like 2014, 2015. So yeah, it's just like, it was just a beautiful moment. 
So while we're discussing Seattle, Uncle Rich, you may know him. He told me when I mentioned that you were going to be on today's episode that I had to ask you about why LAFC in Seattle. (laughs) Yes. So this was our second year. So yeah, 2019, when we went to Seattle, I believe we tied them 1-1. But we... Rich and I made the trip over there with our supporters. And that was actually a really cool trip because it it was a lot of supporters that I had never seen travel. So it was like newer group and like it wasn't like the the core directors or the leaders of 3252 that went to that specific trip. There were like three or four. Yeah, there were like three or four that made it, but, you know, it wasn't like all of them. So it was cool like seeing like all these uh, different leaders like step up and they absolutely did amazing and seeing faces that I had never seen before actually in that um for that trip but yeah that while AFC Rich as you know he always has his great ideas he uh he went around the city because I was with him the whole time we went around the city and he was telling me to ask people why LAFC people that one weren't wearing LAFC colors and two like people that weren't even wearing like any sports like nothing to you know like at we were like the the market right uh, what is Pike Place Market? And he's like telling me to go in front of you and just like, hey, why LAFC? And like, what? <laughs> and then or like people with like a uh, Seattle Sanders jersey on like, why LAFC? And of course, he kept doing it because he kept getting good laughs on his Instagram live. But yeah, it's the infamous why LAFC from Uncle Rico. <laughs> uh, there's also something I want to mention that you were named the 2019 MLS Ticket Service Excellent Award winner. That's nothing to 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 sniff at there, Robbie. So uh, put it in the work and different facets of, of the career path here. So what was the grind? What was the difference there between supporter relations and, and that previous role? For sure. Yeah. So and honestly, that I can credit that to the entire team, like the entire service team, specifically also like the supporters. The grind was different because I went from, you know, a certain amount of members that, you know, were under my umbrella to then having like the entire North End. So the grind was a little different in the sense that it was, you know, a lot more, uh, a lot more accounts, right, that that were, again, under my umbrella. But it was, uh, it, it, it was, I wouldn't say it was easy, but I would say it was, it was like super appealing to me because I was talking to people that, you know, I could relate to a lot with the passion and the drive. So yeah, it was it, it was it was definitely like a learning experience because I had been you know around football my whole life, but I haven't been a part of the supporting world my whole life. Cause those are two different things, right? So you know, going into it, uh it, it you know, you see it as this like rock star thing that you're like, wow, like you know, people that go to the stadium, they they don't always just talk about what's on the field, but they always talk about like, wow, that that North End is, uh, it's completely different. It's like best experience I've ever had, but it's not just that, right? It's not just a show. There's like so many layers that go into it and so much like dedication needed to it that it, that I was ignorant about, right? I had, I just had no, no idea. So going into it and learning that was uh, such a cool experience. And yeah, it just like motivated me more to, you know, provide the best that we can. And, you know, at times, of course we make mistakes and me, of course I did, but we, we, I definitely did our best. And just like, you know, we hope our players do. I definitely left my heart out there. I did the best that I could. And yeah, I do, I do credit that award. I 1000% credit to like the entire team. It, 
definitely wasn't just me. So we know many things have changed throughout the course of your role and your time with LAFC, but nothing perhaps more important to the supporters than the change in your hair. Can you tell <laughs> us about going from the shortcut, young-faced Robbie that we knew when you first arrived with this club to the decision to grow out those beautiful locks? And, and what is your treatment process? Please reveal some secrets for us. <laughs> so I, I think my answer is going to be super boring because there was no thought process that went into it. It was literally like just quarantine. So like I, I cut my hair. I remember it's funny we're talking about this, but I, I cut my hair right before Leon trip, which was February of 2020. And then COVID hit like next month or at least here uh, in the U.S. And, you know, just as the months went on, like barbershops were closed, like a uh, person that usually cuts my hair wasn't available. So I just didn't go. And then like next thing you know, my hair is long and I'm like, OK, now I actually need to take care of my mom has like longer, like curly hair. So she was, you know, the one giving me advice. I learned that you can't just use three, three in one for everything anymore. So, you know, I, I learned the proper way to condition and, and shampoo. So yeah, that was uh, also a learning process. But yeah, I, I, cre I credit that to, to my mother. <laughs> well, on the serious side, um, why don't you take us through some of your favorite moments when you were with LAFC? Do you have some favorite moments on the pitch, favorite game, perhaps some favorite moments that have happened either in the community or in your role? Take us through some some of those fun stories that the fan base might not know about what goes on behind the scenes. For sure. Whew. There are just so many. Let me think of at least like two. One of them was, I'll give you like a selfish one, and then I'll give you like a more like euphoric one. My selfish one was, it was the match against Colorado when we broke all the records and Vela broke the golden boot record. But I remember... He scored, I think it was like, he, he scored that curler against Howard. And, you know, I was, I was on the field, like, going crazy because I couldn't believe it. And I looked to the stands, and my mom, she sits she sits over there in the north end, and I look at her, and she's, like, balling out. She's just, like, balling, balling, balling. And I like, I, like, ran over to her. I was like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And she was just, like, I remember she said, she's, like, it's just really, it's amazing to see. And we were literally having this, like, deep, like, conversation while, like, everyone's, like, cheering and, like, Carlos is going crazy and the stadium's rocking, but she's like, I can't believe that, you know, that a Mexican is like breaking all these records here in the U.S. I'm into her as, you know, Mexican woman and her Mexican son. It was like, just like a very special moment. That's like my selfish one. Cause that, that one was just like, whoa, it's, you know, it's not just, it's just, it's not just football, right? It's a, uh, it's a lot more than that. And then my like euphoric one with this one, like gives me goosebumps every time I talk about it was when we won the supporter shield. For us, it was, I mean, it was the first time, like, you know, like planning for, you know, like a trophy lift and like planning for like a celebration, right? It was like a club first for us. So it was, it was interesting planning all that. But then like, you know, when we're, on, I was I was in the uh, Northwest Tunnel. So if you're looking in the stands on the right, right, where like the, usually the away team leaves, but I was standing there with the 32, 52 directors and leaders and we were waiting. This is right. This is before Atuesta scored the last goal. But we're there waiting. And like, it was super nervous because I think we were just up by one. And if they tied us, we wouldn't have won that sh the shield that night. We might have won it away at the next game. But then Atuesta scored that free kick. And like, I just like turn around and it's like, you know, it's like these 30 people 
that give absolutely everything they have towards this. And it's like, this is their trophy. This is their shield. This is their silverware. This is the supporter shield. And like, it, it's just it's like still, you know, it gets pretty emotional because it was it was a moment that I will never relive again because it was the first, right? It's the first silverware in club history. You never forget the first. And yeah, just seeing their faces and the reactions and like hugs. I was actually right next to Mo when that happened. So like, that's that's something that I keep near and dear to my heart. So yeah, those there are there are many more memories and I can be on here for, you know, till midnight talking about these, but the, those two are the ones that for sure stand out to me. I think there's one that maybe intertwines your love of Barcelona and love of LAFC. If you could talk about the moment you got to interact with Iniesta when Vissel Kobe visited the Yes. Bank. Yeah, that that was also like crazy. Not just if you're a Barca fan, but if you're just like a football fan, you, you know, like Andres Iniesta is one of his one of a kind. But yeah, that that one a huge shout out to Marcus. It was funny. We were like in our offices and he was just, you know, he, he's a big Barcelona fan too. And we we're just like chopping it up. And he was like, Yeah, I'm actually gonna go interview Iniesta down in Costa Mesa today. And I was like, dude, you can't just like drop that casually. Like that's insane. That's unreal. And he's like, Yeah, I know. And I was like, I was like joking around. I was like, hey, if you like need a translator or anything, like I'm your guy. Please let me know. And he's like, actually, we might we might need you. I was like, oh my god, actually. And he's like, yeah. So I got to go down to Costa Mesa and help them out with you know help them out as much as I could with the interview. But I got I got to meet him for a few seconds, and then when they actually that was like a couple of days before they came to play at the bank. I mean, when they came to the bank we're doing like North End meets and we wanted them to actually meet some supporters because again, that's what's most important. So I was in charge of Iniesta because of the Spanish and I'm walking him towards from like the midfield to the North End. And like during that walk, of course, I was like, what am, this is unreal right now. But during that walk, I, I asked him, I was like, so what do you think? And he, and I remember he was like, he's like, I can't believe it. And I was like, what, what can you believe? He's like, I can't believe that something like this is here in the U.S. And then, and I was like, and I was like, I, I know it's like, exactly, you know, like, but to hear that from him who has played in every single stage there is in the world. Um, and he would say, he's like, this environment, you don't even get in, in Europe, which is true. We already know that. Right. But like to hear from someone who actually has played in, again, in, from any, any stage that you can think of, from World Cups to Champions Leagues to just domestic league, yeah, it was, it was unreal. Is is a good a uh, good testimonial. Well, I'm I'm still a little a little bitter about that game because Lukas Podolski, the Straßenkicker of Viva Colonia, was uh, one of my absolute <laughs> favorite players of all time, and I, I did not get to meet Podolski, but that's okay. He, he Paul, was we still love you. It's funny you said actually because I, I forget if it was Rich or Pat, but someone was like because he was like really into it like and he was like vocal and he was like you know super like whoa, whoa whoa and he was like uh he said something along the lines of like hey man if you guys are looking for uh if you guys are looking for a player yeah <laughs> so we can uh we can mention that to john thorrington when when the time is right <laughs> I would buy all the kits, all of them. There would be no poldy yeah. kits left for anyone else. They would all be in my wardrobe. Sir, you've been very generous with your time this evening. We know you have a lot going on this week, and we don't want to keep you forever. We've already gone past our allotted time slot with you, and I apologize Great. for that. We do have one final question for you tonight. It's a question we ask every guest on this show. and Even though 
you're leaving the black and gold workforce, you're still going to be a part of the black and gold community. So we're very curious, Robbie, what does shoulder to shoulder mean to you, sir? I think it means family. I think it means, you know, you go through periods of life where you don't have your, your actual family right next to you, right? So this is like your chosen family. It's the family you see more often. And it's the family that, you know, that you experience things that you never thought you would experience. So I think when, you know, when you're hugging people shoulder to shoulder, to your left or your right, it might not be your mom and not by, might be your brother, but, you know, they're, they're your brothers and sisters at heart. And yeah, it's, it's something that I hope never goes away. There was a, a sign my mother had hung in my childhood home that's still there to this day that says friends are the family one finds along the way. Uh, and you, sir, our yep. family. So thank you once again for joining us. We know that you have helped this club through very difficult times, very rewarding times, and you've put in a lot of work to help create a brand, a community, and you know everything that is LAFC to all of us. So thank you sincerely for that, sir. We, we really, really appreciate it. And if you have any final words for the fans as you are on your way out from the club, here is your chance, sir. For sure, I'll say I love you guys. I do. But the work doesn't stop here. The work does not stop here. We still have a long way to go, but I have no doubt that we'll get there. I'll see you guys this Saturday and every match after that. Brilliant. Well, uh, I can't wait till uh, we get to do beer showers again, A, and uh, B, we get to hose <laughs> you down with one, bro. So uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully that is very, very soon. So For thank sure. you once again. Of course, our guest tonight at LEFC, Robbie. Hopefully he gets to keep that account even as he moves on. Don't, don't ever, don't ever let it go. For sure. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. Thank you. And with that, we are going to finish our interview with at LAFC Robbie, Robbie Gomez, who is joining us today in his last week in working for LAFC before he gets to graduate to supporter with us in the coming week. So thank you once again, sir, for joining us on behalf of Christian Aparicio and myself, Jonathan, Chris, who could not be here with us this evening. And of course, the legend himself, Mr. Sound Engineer Wilton. We'd like to thank you all for listening to episode 92 of Shoulder to Shoulder podcast. Please rate, review, subscribe and follow at LAFCS2S on all your social media platforms. With that, thank you, everyone. Have a wonderful day. Take us home, sticks. Together, this our culture. Feel the force of a supernova. Stay flying that FC dorsum. Hey, shopping down to Nikki's Koreatown Liddy. Keep us so mommy, about to drop her fifth. They want me to stop, but I ain't. Come to my house, I'll defend that bank.